Farzine Vasugin here with you for another episode of the Chief Zone podcast. We are now in the off season. Yes, uh, we are. We are in the off season now. But that's okay. Nonetheless, we will still have fun. We will do a lot of uh, off season talk here on this episode of the Chief Zone podcast. A lot of you guys have been asking me questions about free agency and the draft, and I've kind of pushed those off because at the time it was the playoffs, and then right after that was the parade, and didn't really feel like that was really the time to get into uh, the draft and free agency because uh, at the time the playoffs were still in full swing. The Chiefs had a Super Bowl to prepare for, and right after that it was really just the uh, the parade and then also the uh, unfortunate aftermath at the parade, and that was really uh, all, all there was to talk about at the time. But now we are now going to get into all of it with the NFL draft going to be talking about who the Chiefs uh, could target and who I think the Chiefs will draft and also talk about free agency and what that could look like for the Chiefs later this offseason obviously we are in uh, mid to late February so we still got about a few weeks left before uh, free agency gets underway the chiefs obviously have some work to do before free agency begins with the salary cap uh the availability who they're going to resign uh contracts that they will restructure a lot of things to get into and then i'll also go over some of the top free agents that the chiefs uh, might target in the off season so all of that and much more here on this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Going to get into some NFL news as well here on this one as uh, Antonio Pierce made a very interesting comment about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, some interesting news about Nick Sirianni that uh, that came out that you guys will want to know. And at the end of the podcast, we'll uh, re- I'll, I'll respond to some of the... Um, some of the updates on the uh, parade tragedy um, definitely worth getting into here on this episode of the podcast. Nonetheless... Uh, Appreciate those who are watching live on Facebook and YouTube. Come on in, pull up a chair, comment below. Let me know your thoughts as we go on throughout the night. And for those of you watching on the archive version on Spotify, uh, Apple, wherever it may be, appreciate you guys tuning in to the podcast as well. Yes, I'm rocking my, uh, my Super Bowl 58 championship shirt. I know a lot of you guys got your Super Bowl merch this week. I got the the jersey, the hat, the shirt. Uh, and I said, you know what, man, it's Vegas. It's my my favorite city in the world, my favorite team, and all the Chiefs Vegas Super Bowl merch. I can't I can't say no to it, man. Every February, man, they get me. They get my bank account. Uh the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and Listen, man, this is merchandise that will never exist ever again. So, you know, if you got some uh, some room to spend, uh, definitely uh, definitely uh, spend it because you will never see any of this merchandise again. I will say one um, Chiefs merchandise that I 100% regret not getting at the time. And I was a college student, so I couldn't really spend as much, but I kind of wish... There was a way, I mean, I don't know if the Chiefs still have any of this stuff. Probably not. Remember in 2009 when the Chiefs had the AFL logo, the American Football League logo, the the, uh, the Dallas Texans logo? Um, I wish I had gotten some of that. Uh, I don't have any of that, though. Uh, so that, unfortunately, 
uh, is extinct with uh, the dinosaurs. It, it, it does not exist. I don't think there's any 50-year um, anniversary merchandise that exists. But if, if any of you guys know a legit place, no third-party bullshit that has any of that, please let me know. And I would love to get my hands on some of that merch because I definitely missed out on that. But yeah, man, my, my point is if you see any merchandise you love, Super Bowl, AFC West, AFC Championship, whatever, if you like it, looks good on you, you think, get it because they will never make those ever again. It, it, they, they just won't. So, and by the way, I see a lot of you guys in the chat. Appreciate you guys uh, commenting, joining in. I'll get with you guys in a moment because I have a question to ask you guys very, very soon. Before I get into that, I want to let you know this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Football season may be over, but still got a lot of other sports going on. You got the NBA, the NHL, college basketball, baseball season's coming up. Maybe there's a concert you want to go to, MMA, WWE, whatever it may be. SeatGeek is the place to go for your tickets. And if you have never purchased from SeatGeek before, I've got a nice little gift for you. 20 bucks off your first purchase. How do you do that? Well, you pick your tickets, then at checkout, use the promo code Farzine, and you will save $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. Pretty cool. 20 bucks off your first purchase from SeatGeek. So again, whatever you want to attend, a sporting event, a concert, uh, whatever it may be, you go to SeatGeek.com and enter the promo code Farzine, and you will save 20 bucks off your first purchase from SeatGeek. Man, I got to be honest with you guys, uh, because I do a lot of these live streams, middle of the week, Red Fridays, and then game day, which is most of the time Sundays. Listen, I know a lot of you guys miss football and I do too, but there's also a part of me because I do all these live contents. Man, am I glad football season's over. <laughs> I am so glad football season's over. And I guess it's easier to say because, you know, my favorite team, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl, so... It's easier to 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 do it that way uh, to say that, but man, the amount of work. I, I got to just say this because a lot of people think that I just press recorded or I click live and I just start talking. No, no, um, guys. There's a lot of research that goes into it, and not that research is difficult. But by the way, trust me when I say this is not the only thing I do in my life. A lot of you guys think this is like my only like hobby or activity or job or whatever you want to call it that I do. No. Um, uh, man, there's a lot of shit going on in my world. Uh, not, nothing terrible. I'm, I'm just super busy all the time. Uh, preparing for the podcast can be, feels like a full-time job in and of itself. So whenever it's the off season, and by the way, let me just say this too, because I, you know, do all, a lot of this, make this a priority during football season, man, I've got no life during football season. I'm watching college football, watch college football a lot more this year than I have ever before. So my weekends have essentially been, you know, locked into football season, NFL and college football. And obviously, you know, the Chiefs take precedent over everything else. So it is nice to have a life on the weekends. It, it really, really is. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to be paying attention to, what is it, the USFL or whatever they're calling it, the UFL. Not me, man. I, I, my football quota, I hit that for um, uh, for the year. Uh, especially in the postseason, kind of feels like it, it. It was two seasons, so I'm uh, I'm ready to to enjoy and relax and um, kind of have a life <laughs> during the off season. Uh, definitely so. Uh, okay, I got a question for you guys. Um, not meant to be a trick question, nothing. Because I need to know in order for us to talk about free agency in the draft, I got to know from you guys what are your top in order. 
Numbers one, two, and three. What are the three biggest needs position-wise for the Chiefs? You think it might be wide receiver? You think it might be running back? Offensive. And if you say offensive lineman, please be specific. Tackle, guard, center, uh, defensive end, cornerback, safety, linebacker, uh, whatever you think it is. Uh, So for those of you just tuning in, I just asked you guys, what do you think are the top three needs position-wise for the Chiefs this offseason? Don't give me names. Just give me the three positions. And then after you, give me your uh, top three positions. Um, then you guys can start uh, shouting out names because I'm going to be giving you guys a lot of names today. This It's going to be that kind of podcast. So if you're one of those people that wants to take in all this information when it comes to uh, incoming rookies and um, what kind of numbers they put up in college and where they could be available for the Chiefs. That will be provided on this podcast. You want to hear about some of the top tier free agents? I, I, I shouldn't say top tier, just top free agents in general. I'll actually go over the top 10 uh, players uh, at every position, even quarterback. Let's just do it. Why not? I'll give you uh, the full skinny on this uh, podcast. Let's make it that kind of podcast. So that way uh, you guys can all get a good understanding of um, of what the offseason could look like for the Chiefs, what to expect, and uh, what players could be available, who the Chiefs could target. Okay, so just looking at uh, some, of the, um, some of the comments here, uh, offensive lineman, wide receiver, and defensive line. Uh, that was from Jeremy. Sean says wide receiver one, offensive tackle and corner. Um, I, I mean, Dustin, that's up to you. You kind of decide on that. Uh, Teresa says receivers. Number two, Derek Henry type running back. Number three, offensive line, specifically guard. Okay. All right. So a lot of you guys agree. So it seems like the top two priorities are offensive linemen and wide receiver. Some of you guys kind of differ on which one, you know, would be more important. Some say wide receiver, some say offensive tackle. Okay. All right. So that, uh, that kind of helps out that way. Uh, I know exactly what to, um, what to uh, attack here. Uh, as we uh, discuss free agency, I'll read a couple of questions here. Max asks, if you had to pick, would you keep Sneed or Jones? Man, I love Chris Jones, and I do not want to see Chris Jones ever wear another team's jersey. I just don't. But the amount of money he could be demanding is going to put the Chiefs in a big bind with the salary cap. In fact, if the Chiefs wanted to give Chris Jones what he was asking, they really couldn't. Even now, even if they don't sign Snead, hypothetically speaking, because the Chiefs cap-wise, not in a good spot. At $15,200,000 approximately, and you look at uh, the base salary of some of the players and some of the uh, cap number, for, for instance, Patrick Mahomes has a cap number more than $58.5 million. Joe Tooney at t- almost $27 million. Jawan Taylor, close to $25 million. You have Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, at $14 million. So these are some, uh, some contracts that Chiefs definitely need to reward. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Jawan Taylor and Marquez Valdez Candling. Listen, I know a lot. Of, I, I know I skipped over Joe Tooney uh, for about a year. It feels like people have been speculating that Joe Tooney could be a cap casualty this year. This guy is one of the best interior offensive linemen in the NFL right now. I don't know why in any person's mind. 
they think the Chiefs would do that. And I know Joe Tooney is up there in age. He obviously spent time with the Patriots um, uh, and uh, won a Super Bowl, a couple of Super Bowls there, and then joined Kansas City. But, yeah, he's up there in age. He's 31 years old. He's going to turn 32 next November. But this is one of the better offensive linemen in the NFL. I don't know if I would want to go against this guy. Um, but anyway, I would have to go with Legereus Snead to answer your question because um, I think Snead has the bigger upside, whereas Jones is potentially looking for one last big payday, one last big contract to sign. Um, Joellen said Snead based on age. Yeah, that's one to, to consider here. And by the way, someone pushed back um, on social media earlier this week to me and said, well, what about the fact that Mahomes and Jones are one year apart in age? Yeah, but Mahomes is a quarterback and Jones is a defensive lineman. And let me just say about say this about Chris Jones because um, he is very rare. You cannot replace Chris Jones in the draft. I, I said this four years ago when the Chiefs had just won Super Bowl 54, and I had people tell me, well, you can just replace Chris Jones in the draft. No, you cannot just replace Chris Jones in the draft. Very difficult to find a guy like Chris Jones. I, I think in terms of just uh, defensive tackles, Seriously, find me defensive tackles the past 20, 25 years who have been just straight up dominant and considered one of the best players in the NFL. Vince Wilfork from the Patriots uh, eventually went over to the Raiders. Um, Aaron Donald. A lot of, I remember Aaron Donald signed the contract for um, highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL about a year or two ago. And ever since then, Chris Jones has kind of surpassed him as the better defensive tackle in the NFL, which a lot of people thought Chris Jones was great, but a lot of people felt like Chris Jones was a number two to Aaron Donald. But now it's the other way around where Chris Jones is the better defensive tackle. And maybe a lot of people consider him the most dominant defensive player in the NFL. If you look at a lot of um, a lot of uh, free agency um, uh, articles and they go over like the top free agents, Chris Jones is number one in just about every single list. Um, and that's great. I don't want to lose the number one potential free agent, but he's going to cost so damn much and it's just going to hurt the Chiefs. Uh, salary cap wise, because again, you got to think about Legereus Sneed. You got to think about extending guys like Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Nick Bolton. Those guys are eligible for new deals now, and those are not guys you want to lose, especially the offensive linemen. You're gonna have to pick and choose. And this is a this is a great problem to have with the Chiefs is that they have drafted so damn well that they can't retain everybody. You you just can't. It's not easy to do. Um, so that is going to be a difficult uh, task for Brett Veach. That's why I keep saying this is going to be the hardest offseason ever for Brett Veach um, this year. Larry, Larry Johnson. I don't think it's that Larry Johnson. Uh, okay, this is like the most overused joke ever. I've probably done this with you many times, Larry. But Larry's asking, what do you think uh, we will do with Sky Moore since you started watching college football? Is there anyone you want the Chiefs to take a look at? Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll actually get into that. In fact, if any of you guys are Texas Longhorns fans, there are a pair of Longhorn wide receivers that I think uh, should excite some, uh, some of you guys out there. Uh, so I'll get into that later on, Larry. Um, definitely. A lot of guys to uh, to keep an eye on here. Um, uh, yeah, just seeing some more wide receiver, offensive tackle, and defensive tackle. This is actually my top three, Eric. 
Uh, Dustin says wide receiver, offensive tackle, and a pass catching fast running back. Okay, that's an interesting uh, choice for sure. Um, there are some interesting names in free agency at the running back position this year. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think in general, we all agree that numbers one and two are wide receiver and offensive tackle. Number three, like the third biggest need. Uh, some people are saying running back. Some saying defensive tackle. I think some people are kind of, you know, thinking about um, uh, life after Chris Jones. Robert's saying tight end. Yeah, a, a tight end for sure might be uh, considered as well. So uh, whoever the whatever the number three position need is for the Chiefs, I think will uh, will differ from person to person here. But I think we all agree the top two. Offensive tackle, specifically left tackle. Well, right tackle too, but you're kind of stuck with Joan Taylor's contract. Uh, and um, and wide receiver. Those are the top two needs 100% for, uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, I think we can start with that here. Um, let's go there, okay? Let's go over the uh, top 10 free agents at offensive tackle. And I'll tell you right now, it is not a very enticing list here. Number one is Tyron Smith of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dallas has always had a really good offensive line for years. It feels like uh, number two, Trent Brown from the new England Patriots. Uh, again, an organization that just has very good offensive linemen. Michael Owen, Owen, who I hope I said that right. Uh, also from the Patriots, number three, Mickey Becton from the jets. And this is where we kind of get to the point where the free agents, uh, are not as good. Jonah Williams from the Bengals, not a good right tackle. Austin Jackson from the Miami dolphins. Eh. Number seven on the list, Donovan Smith from your Kansas city chiefs. Eh. Yeah. We're getting to that point now. Then you have Jermaine, uh, Yulamore. From the Las Vegas Raiders and then from the Houston Texans, uh, number nine, George Fant and number uh, 10, Josh Jones from the same team. So got a couple of guys from the same team. So you got two Houston Texans on there, two New England Patriots on there. So uh, th th that is something to uh, to keep in mind here. Um yeah, not the uh, not the greatest uh, list of offensive tackles if you're a team that is in need of an offensive tackle. Which is why I'm kind of curious. Let me just say this about wide receiver, okay? And, and let me just actually, you know what? How about we do this? Let me give you guys the wide receiver list because I know everyone's dying to hear who I think the Chiefs should go after. Number one, T. Higgins from the Bengals. Uh, and by the way, um, I think Brady Quinn said the exact same thing that I had just said uh, many times for several weeks about this Bengals team, specifically Higgins, is that he could be a number one on a lot of NFL teams right now. 100%. And I think Tyler Boyd, also a very good receiver from that uh, from that Bengals team. Michael Pittman from the Colts, number two on the list. Number three, Mike Evans from the Bucks. I think I've seen a couple of comments already. Uh, people saying the Chiefs should target Mike Evans. Uh, number four, Hollywood Brown from the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, was traded there. Um, not this past draft, but I think the draft before uh, when it was in Vegas. Uh, Calvin Ridley from the Jaguars. A lot of people feel like Ridley would be a very good pickup and would not be as expensive. Darnell Mooney from the Chicago Bears. Tyler Boyd, I just mentioned his name. Uh, he's number seven on the list from the Bengals. Number eight, Gabe Davis from the Buffalo Bills. I think that's uh, a player the Bills definitely missed. Um, 
in the uh, AFC Divisional round against the Chiefs. Number nine, Michael Thomas from the Saints. Man, it feels like Michael Thomas has been around forever. And the number 10, DJ Chark from the Carolina Panthers. Some honorable mentions on this list. And by the way, this is Pro Football Focus's list of top 10 players. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. from the Ravens. Josh Reynolds from the Lions. Noah Brown of the Texans. Curtis Samuel out of Washington. Nick Westbrook Akini. I hope I said that right, from the Titans. And then KJ Osborne out of of the Minnesota Vikings team. So those are uh, some of the top wide receivers in free agency. Now, let me just say this about the wide receiver position here, because what was the issue with the wide receivers this year? The drops, the drops just completely set this offense back. And I think a lot of people would agree uh, definitely played a role in Patrick Mahomes' confidence with a lot of the receivers on this team. Uh, but the receivers picked it up. Marquez Valdez-Scantling played better. McCole Hardman certainly uh, made up for the, the, the thing about McCole Hardman. If you look at his overall body of work in the playoffs, and I'll even go back to the week 18 game when Blaine Gabbert was throwing the football to him. Uh, Blaine Gabbert threw a perfect ball to McCole Hardman, but McCole Hardman just completely lost sight of the football in the when he was trying to locate it in the air. A week later against the Miami Dolphins in the playoff game, the very cold wildcard game, same exact thing. Mahomes throws a perfect pass to a wide open McCall Hardman, but he just completely loses the football as he's trying to track it, trying to um, put himself in position to catch it so he can walk in for an easy touchdown. And then what, what, is, what does Patrick Mahomes do? And he said this so many times, whenever a receiver drops a pass or, or whatever, says, we're going to keep going to that guy. Well, guess what? He went after McCall Hardman. In the um, in the Super Bowl, I think it was Kansas City's first drive of the game, first or second drive of the game. I can't remember exactly where Mahomes found McCole Hardman wide open in double coverage. Or I shouldn't say wide open, but was double in double coverage there, and um, looked like the 49ers had an opportunity to pick off the pass, but unable for those guys to track it. And McCole Hardman comes away with it, and obviously McCole Hardman had the game-winning touchdown there, which has done nothing but you know, wonders for him in the, um, in the, uh, in the celebrity world. Let's just say he was, he was just in the uh, NBA celebrity all-star game and he had a Jersey that said, Mr. Walkoff. So that was pretty cool there. But uh, nonetheless, overall body of work, you know, did MVS and McCall Hardman, did those two guys do enough to make up for their mishaps and, return to the team in 2024 MVS is under contract. McCole Hardman isn't Canarias. Tony, the chiefs have a decision to make with him for sure. Um, and let me just double check. Is Tony under contract? Yeah, he is. So you have a decision to make with Canarias. Tony as well. Sky Moore. Somebody was asking Justin Watson as well. Um, there are some, uh, some decisions to be made with this chiefs team moving forward. Justin Watson, I think is a very good player as, as a depth player. I don't know if that's a guy I want as my number one or number two receiver, which is how he was used for a lot of the season. And even though he came through at times, he also had a lot of drops. And at the end of the day, I just prefer that he is a depth player rather than a guy that you rely on on a consistent basis as a, as a starting wide receiver. So here's my thing with the wide receivers here. Yeah, it would be really cool if the Chiefs got uh, a top-tier receiver like T. Higgins or Mike Evans um, or Hollywood Brown, one of those guys. But what do you need 
from a wide receiver in this offense because you have Patrick Mahomes throwing the football to you. You have Travis Kelsey coming back because um, there was some speculation that he might retire, especially if the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. He has shown no interest whatsoever in wanting to walk away from the sport. He is going to be coming back for sure. But do you need to have a top-tier wide receiver? Because look at the Tyreek Hill trade. The Chiefs trade away Tyreek Hill, and what happens? They win the Super Bowl every year without him. They go 7-0 in the playoffs in the two seasons where they won the Super Bowl without him. And now, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, well, the Chiefs should have traded Tyreek Hill sooner. No, obviously, the Chiefs were very wise in all of the draft picks. The overhaul they got for Tyreek Hill used it very wisely, found a lot of key pieces on defense specifically to try to make up for the loss of Tyreek Hill. So even though the Chiefs offensively have not been as dominant, well, Patrick Mahomes, yeah, he did win the MVP a couple of years ago, um, almost unanimously, uh, and led the NFL in every passing category, yards, completion, uh, uh, passing touchdowns, completions of 20 yards or more, all of those things. And at the end of the day, um, the, this Chiefs uh, team has found a way to move on and win without Tyreek Hill. So here's my thing, because I'm kind of going back and forth whether the Chiefs will go after a wide receiver in the first round. I don't think anyone would be mad if the Chiefs went after a wide receiver in the first round. But do you have to have a first round pick spent on a wide receiver? Because if the Chiefs can find a way to get their offensive players to get open... Well, guess what? It doesn't take being a first-round draft pick to get open. Andy Reid and this Chiefs team in general will find ways to do that with anybody. Listen, McCole Hardman was a second-round pick. The Chiefs did a lot of good things with him, more so during his rookie year, and utilizing his skill set. Rashi Rice, he was a second-round pick, and he's been phenomenal especially during the second half of the year. And a lot of people have big expectations from him going into year two. So maybe you could find a Rashi Rice type of player. By the way, Sky Moore, who, you know, I know Sky Moore has not lived up to expectations being a second round pick, but the Chiefs have been able to do some things with him. So I think my, my, you know, the whole thing about running, a lot of people are saying that running backs should not be drafted in the first round because you can find good running back talent outside of the first round. I kind of feel that can be said about the wide receivers to an extent, to an extent. Don't get me wrong. Like Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. If you're not, if you don't want a quarterback, then that guy should be the number one pick in the draft. I think it's going to be Caleb Williams. Um, but if you don't want a quarterback, if you're the Bears and you want to keep Justin Fields, well, then your next option should be Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, but I think if in this offense, you don't have to have a Marvin Harrison Jr. type of player. It would help if you get, you know, by some miracle. Okay, this is obviously very hypothetical. But if the Chiefs get, let's just say, T. Higgins, who's the best uh, wide receiver that's without a contract right now. And if you get Marvin Harrison Jr., who's the best wide receiver entering the draft and maybe the best player entering the draft. Yeah, that is going to help your offense a shit ton. No question about it. But do you have to have that to succeed? Because 
again, if you're a Chiefs fan, what's your biggest priority with these wide receivers? Catch the damn ball. So, again, let me just go back to that list of um, wide receivers there. If you get a guy like Darnell Mooney or Tyler Boyd, um, DJ Chark, KJ Osborne, could those guys not get the job done in Kansas City, especially in the offense that Andy Reid runs? Again, if you got a T. Higgins or a Mike Evans, and I would love Mike Evans on this team, but he might be looking for one last big payday being that he's in his 30s. Um, But those guys would help. But I think what the Chiefs love, and the Chiefs have done this for so many years under Andy Reid, even before Patrick Mahomes came to Kansas City, is they look for receivers and even running backs who possess great speed and will convert those running backs to receivers and will try to utilize their skill set in that position there and try to get them wide open. Because if you can create separation from these defensive players, especially the defensive backs, well, guess what? You're in wide open space. Alex Smith or Patrick Mahomes throws the football to you. You get a lot of yak yards. And I know people love to make a big deal. Oh, Mahomes, he has so many yards because the they did the Chiefs lead the NFL in yards after the catch. Welcome to football, folks. That's the way this Chiefs offense operates. Don't be mad that the Chiefs haven't figured out and the other teams haven't. That's why the Chiefs have been to four Super Bowls, winning three of them, and have been to the AFC title game every single year with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has picked up the system so well and so quickly, and yet it definitely helped being a backup during his rookie season, is that he always takes advantage of those wide-open receivers. Um, And that's why, yeah, the Chiefs get a lot of first downs and yak yards and eventually touchdowns. By the way, I saw this... um, I saw this stat online. I was not intending to discuss this, but somebody talked about how uh, Patrick Mahomes, his average um, touchdown air yards have gone down drastically every single year. Um, Okay. So his air yards have gone down. Who's winning the Super Bowl? It's still the guy whose air yards are going down. And by the way, this whole thing about... um, Air yards going down and his uh, touchdowns are not as um, are, are not as uh, cool or good as some of the other quarterbacks. Okay, who cares how far touchdown passes are going for the Chiefs? If the Chiefs are finding ways to get into the end zone, and this year was a struggle for that at, at times for the Chiefs. If the Chiefs are finding ways to get into the end zone, who gives a damn about how many yards? air yards the, the 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 touchdowns are who cares if you're getting into the end zone that's essentially all that matters at the end of the day right seriously who who cares how you're scoring touchdowns if you're finding ways to cross the plane get through the goal line you get six points it's almost like um when you make a big deal out of uh, someone's grade point average. Oh, well, this person went to a community college. Okay, well, a community college, you know, might not be as difficult as a place like Harvard. Um, listen, I went to a community college. It's You still have to do a lot of work. You still have to do a lot of studying. You can't just show up and expect a 4.0 grade point average. You still have to work at it in order to be able to get the grade, to get the A. So I don't give a shit, you know, how it all works out. The Chiefs find ways. That's just the thing with this football team. 
Uh, let me just quickly go over some of the other free agents because uh, I did promise. Hey, I said, why not? Let's just go over all the free agents. Top 10 quarterbacks. I know a lot of people don't care, but Kirk Cousins, Josh Dobbs from the same team, Ryan Tannehill from the Titans, uh, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, Tyler Huntley, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, and Tyrod Taylor. So, you know, Kirk Cousins, yeah, he definitely can start on another team. Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, um, a lot of backup quarterbacks here. You know, I would be very interested to see Tyrod Taylor and Andy Reid's system as a backup quarterback. I think he'd do very well. I really do. So I'm very curious to see if um, if Andy Reid and Brett Veach try to bring in a Tyrod Taylor type of player to Kansas City. Uh, he went to the Giants, and uh, offensive coordinator there is Mike Kafka, who probably runs a lot of things similar to Andy Reid. Obviously, having worked with Andy Reid for such a long time. So I'm very curious to see if the Chiefs would try to bring in a guy like Taylor who might have some familiarity already with Andy Reid's system. And God forbid if Patrick Mahomes was to ever get hurt, well, maybe a guy like Tyrod Taylor could do better under Andy Reid's system. So uh, that's all I'll say about the quarterback position. Running backs. Some of you guys have been mentioning running backs. Uh, here's PFF's top 10. Saquon Barkley. Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins. Man, this is a damn good list. Uh, number eight, Zach Moss, Ezekiel Elliott, Devin Singletary. And then after those guys, Kareem Hunt. Don't know what the odds of, uh, of that happening are, but nonetheless, Kareem Hunt, an honorable mention, uh, as well as uh, Deontay Foreman of the Bears. Uh, let's see, center. Connor Williams uh, from Miami, Andre Johnson of the Raiders, Lloyd Cushenberry from the Broncos, Tyler Bidassis, uh of the Cowboys. Man, it just feels like the Cowboys always have great offensive linemen, and you can already see it with this list so far. Uh, Coleman Shelton uh, from the Rams, Evan Brown, uh, Connor McGovern, Tristan Colon, Sam Mustfer, and Ryan Jensen from the Bucks. Uh, offensive guard, probably not an area the Chiefs would need to look at too much. Uh, Kevin Zeitler, excuse me, Robert Hunt, John Runyon Jr., Kevin Dotson, Aaron Brewer, Dalton Reisner, uh, former Kansas State player, I believe. Uh, John Simpson, Jonah Jackson, Damian Lewis, and Phil Haynes. That is the top 10 for the, um, for the guards. Tight ends. Dalton Schultz, Noah Fant. I've heard a lot of people talk about possibly bringing Noah Fant in, although I think that's uh, very unlikely, but maybe if you want to run a two-tight end system. Hunter Henry uh, from the Patriots also played for the Chargers. Uh, Gerald Everett of the Chargers. Adam Trotman, Austin Hooper from the Raiders. Mike Gusecki, uh played for the Dolphins on uh, also with the Patriots. I think a very underrated tight end and an underused tight end. Underutilized for sure. Uh, Colby Parkinson, uh, Farrell Brown, also from the Patriots, and Harrison Bryant. So uh, that is uh, those are the offensive players. You look at defensive linemen, and I think this is pretty important because uh, the Chiefs might need to be looking at uh, replacing Chris Jones if he doesn't come back. Number one is Chris Jones. He's the number one uh, free agent on uh, interior de uh, defenders. Number two is Christian Wilkins, Leonard Williams, Justin Mutabaki, from the Ravens, Grover Stewart, DJ Reader from the Bengals, Sheldon Rankins, uh, underrated player, I think, from the Texans. Fletcher Cox uh, had a very good career uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. Michael Pierce and Tier Tart from the Titans. 
edge defender. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be looking too much at this one here. But if you want someone to fill in for a minute who until he comes back, I guess this would be something you'd look at here. Josh Allen from the Jags, of course, Brian Burns, Daniel Hunter, Chase Young, Bryce Huff, Jonathan, Jonathan Greenyard, Zadarius Smith, Leonard Floyd from the Bills, Jadavian Clowney. Man, I remember Jadavian Clowney coming out of college. Everyone thought he was going to be the next big thing. Uh, and then Josh Yush from the Pats. Linebackers, Frank Uvovu, Le Levante David, Jordan Brooks, Bobby Wagner, Aziz Al-Shayir. By the way, this is PFF's top 10, not mine, just so you know. Uh, Devin White, Patrick Queen. I'm kind of surprised Patrick Queen is this low. Uh, Anthony Walker Jr., Blake Cashman, and... Oren Burks. Now, for honorable mentions, they do have Drew Tranquil and Willie Gay listed on there. So, something to keep in mind if you're um, if you're a Chiefs fan. Cornerback Jalen Johnson, Legarius Need is number two, should be number one. Kendall Fuller, former Kansas City Chief. Chidobe Awuze from the Bengals. Kenny Moore, the second. Stephon Gilmore, former Defensive Player of the Year. Stephen Nelson, another former Chief on the list. Adoree Jackson, Sean Murphy Bunting of the Titans, and Tavari Thomas from the Texans. And then uh, the last list here I'll read, uh, Antoine Winfield, the safeties, that is Antoine Winfield Jr. from the Bucks, Kyle Duggar, uh, Cameron Curl, Julian Blackman, Grant Delpit, Xavier McKinney, Jordan Whitehead, Jordan Fuller, Geno Stone, and Deshaun Elliott. So, uh, Deshaun Elliott's the guy who uh, was praying for the Chiefs to lose, which I thought was hilarious. So, yeah, Gay and Tranquil, they are both free agents. So uh, that is um, that is going to be very interesting for sure to see what the Chiefs are going to do. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Terrence. I don't think Willie Gay's coming back. Uh, he's probably going to want a lot of money. Drew Tranquil, I could see Drew Tranquil not demanding as much and coming back. That would be uh, that would be big for Kansas City's offense or excuse me, defense for sure. You got to find a way to keep him. Um, I will say this. If you don't bring back Chris Jones, it might be easy to bring back um, Willie Gay, but I, I still don't. I still would not hold my breath uh, for that. Okay, so here's how I'm going to discuss uh, the draft here with the first round pick and also discuss uh, maybe the second and third, what the Chiefs could do there. I'm just going to assume the Chiefs are not going to trade. I know unrealistic, but... Uh, predicting trades are, is also a very difficult thing to do as well. So I'm not going to sit here and predict trades, uh, but let's just assume the Chiefs are going to keep the number 32 spot. Well, who could they get? Let's start with wide receiver. Texas wide receiver, Adani Mitchell. Phenomenal 2023 season, 11 touchdowns, 845 receiving yards while sharing the field with Xavier Worthy, who was a 1,000-yard receiver. Very quiet 2021 and 2022 season. So he made a huge leap from uh, 2022 to 2023. By the way, tall receiver, 6'4", uh, definitely uh, could make those vertical leaps there. Um, let's go to the other Texas wide receiver, Xavier Worthy, who had 1,014 receiving yards, five touchdowns, um, the year before had 757 yards and eight touchdowns. So uh, really a, an experienced guy. He had, by the way, in 2021, he had 981 yards and 12 touchdowns. So not only does he have a lot of experience playing wise, but has a lot of good experience, a lot of success in the last three years playing for the Texas Longhorns. 6'1", 172 pounds. Uh, the Chiefs like those kinds of receivers. Um, fast. Uh, not as tall and uh, has a lot of success. So, and by the way, here's why I think that would be key. 
Because um, a lot of scouts seem to like Mitchell more than Worthy, even though Worthy has a better stats. The thing about Worthy is he has a lot of experience playing football, okay? He has far more experience than Mitchell does in terms of total snaps, total catches, yards, all of that stuff. Because if you want someone that's not going to drop the football, get a guy that's been playing a lot of college football, not just in their um, senior and junior years, someone who's been playing a lot at that wide receiver position. That is the most important thing to me. So if you're going to go wide receiver in the first round, and I don't know, right now a lot of people feel like Worthy would be available in the second round. Maybe the Chiefs trade down if they can find a trade partner. But if you don't, maybe taking a guy like Xavier Worthy would be worth it, uh, no pun intended, um, with the 32nd pick. Uh, Keon Coleman from Florida State, a guy who has a lot of experience as well, has played 12 games each of the last two years, 658 yards and 11 touchdowns last year, seven touchdowns and almost 800 yards the year before. So not as dominant as a guy like Xavier Worthy, but someone that a lot of scouts feel highly about and um, someone who the Chiefs could consider in the first round. Now, let's say the Chiefs decide to go with an offensive tackle in the first round. Uh, you have Troy Fontana from the from Washington, uh, who allowed just two sacks last year. Very, very experienced left tackle. Uh, Arizona's Jordan Morgan, he allowed just two sacks and 11 hurries. Another very experienced left tackle has been playing not just specifically left tackle, but has been playing a lot in college football. Again, not just his junior and senior years, um, playing beyond that. A lot of experience playing left tackle. BYU's Kingsley... How do you say that name? Samataya? I'm sure I butchered that. Um, he has experience playing both left and right tackles. So that, that, that kind of flexibility, versatility is nice for sure. Um, now, if you decide to go wide receiver in the first round and you want to go with an offensive tackle in the second round, well, who could some potential second round offensive tackles? Who, who, who's available there? Uh, Blake Fisher from Notre Dame. Uh, played mostly right tackle, uh, does have experience playing left tackle in 2021. Um, you know, me personally, uh, like converting someone from running back to receiver, that's an easy thing to do. Going from right tackle to left tackle or vice versa, kind of a difficult thing. I'm, I don't know if you guys remember Damian McIntosh during the Herm Edwards era. Um, he did an interview once with Soren Petro talking about going from, I can't remember if it was from left to right or from right to left, but he talked about how with his experience, he spent so much of his career, I think it was from left to right. Uh, he was, um, his first step was going back with his left foot and then transitioning from left to right. His brain had just been programmed to go back first with his left foot that, you know, he it took him a long time to kind of adjust to go back with his right foot first. Um, that's just the, the thing that I kind of worry about whenever converting these offensive linemen. I know I like, like if, um, like if a, a scout interviews Blake Fisher and says, Hey, if we convert you from right to left, can you play? Of course he's going to say, yeah, he wants to say what the scout's going to hear so he can get drafted sooner. Obviously the better and more money and whatnot. Uh, obviously if you're a first round pick, you have the potential of, um, of the, uh, what do you, what do you call it? The, the fifth year option for sure, which is a lot of money. Um, so that's uh, Blake Fisher. Uh, he allowed five sacks uh, in 2022, allowed three sacks last season. Houston left tackle Patrick Paul. 
Uh, I actually really like Patrick Paul. This guy has a lot of experience playing left tackle. He allowed just one sack and seven hurries in 2023. He actually had double the amount of hurries the year before, so he definitely improved on his pass blocking in 2023. Uh, allowed 14 hurries in 2022, half of that in 2023. He's allowed just five sacks in the last three years playing left tackle. Um, I'll tell you right now, um, as much as I want the Chiefs to go after a an offensive tackle in the first round, I, I just think it'd be hard to pass up on a guy like Xavier Worthy who might not be available the next time the Chiefs pick again. Again, you, who knows what trades could happen. It, it's just hard to project those kinds of things. So I'm just assuming there are no trades. Um, it, it's just hard to pass up on a guy like Xavier Worthy from Texas. And then when you look at who could be available in the second round, right before the third round, Patrick Paul has a lot of experience. This could be a steal late in the second round for the Kansas City Chiefs. And we all know the Chiefs have had, I mean, Brett Veach has had some luck finding some good players outside of the first round. Um, guys like Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith. Uh, I'll even say, I'll even put Wanya Morris on that list because even though Morris um, kind of struggled a little bit, he was showing some very good flashes at times and filling in for Donovan Smith looked good. Now, come playoff time, the Chiefs used Donovan Smith over Wanya Morris, and I can understand that because Morris was struggling while um, Smith was recovering from injury, and I think uh, Smith did play better in the postseason than he did in the regular season. But I think the Chiefs are ready to look for uh, a new left tackle and probably one through the draft. And I think Patrick Paul from Houston would be a great fit for Kansas City's offense. He has a lot of experience playing left tackle. So the experience factor, that's there. Um, now, why would he be dropping to uh, the second round? Maybe uh, experience, uh, or not, not experience, excuse me, um, success level uh, with the amount of hurries he had allowed um, in 2022. Seven hurries, you know, yeah, I can understand dropping to the second round. And maybe the Chiefs and position coach Andy Heck could find a way to help him improve on that. Andy Reid's always good with getting players uh, play above their potential. And maybe he can do that with a guy like Patrick Paul. So, uh, my first round pick is Xavier Worthy, and my second round pick is Patrick Paul. By the way, if you're wondering, how do I know these guys are going to be available? Well, again, this is obviously a projection, but if you go to Pro Football Focus, if you go to pff.com slash mock, they actually have a really cool draft simulator where you can pick for all 32 teams, or you can just pick for one team, and you can do as many rounds as you want. You can do just one round, two rounds, seven rounds, and every time I do the seven round mock... Um, I'll pick for the Chiefs, but PFF will have a computer design and they'll ran, they'll kind of randomize it if you uh, do another mock draft right away. But in general, though, um, every time I do a mock draft, the simulated mock draft, Patrick Ball seems to be available for the Chiefs when it comes to the second round with the 64th pick. So I would love it if the Chiefs got Patrick Paul in the second round. I think it'd be a great pickup. I think it could end up becoming a steal for the Chiefs in the um, in the draft. Uh, and again, I, there's obviously a wide open spot right now at the left tackle spot. Maybe the Chiefs would want to use Wanya Morris. Maybe they would even try to experiment with, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Lucas Niang, who opted out in 2020. And when he played right tackle in 2021, he played well up until his injury, I thought. And we haven't not really seen much of um, uh, Lucas Niang since then. So 
I'm really curious to see what the Chiefs choose to, to do with him. By the way, the Chiefs lost an offensive tackle um, slash guard in um, Darian Kennard. Uh, 2022 fifth-round pick from Kentucky. He has signed with the Philadelphia Eagles, so he is out of the picture for the offense. So uh, I'm very curious what the Chiefs uh, choose to do with the left tackle spot. Do they draft someone? Do they get a free agent like Tyron Smith? Um, do they uh, go after uh, a guy like... Uh, Patrick Paul, who, again, I think would be a very good offensive tackle, especially in Kansas City's system here. So uh, that first round pick, though, you know, I think uh, I, I just did it. I, I, let me just say this. When it comes to potential offensive tackles in the first round. Yeah, like uh, Jordan Morgan. Experienced guy, Fontano experienced guy. Um, I'm just not sure at the end of the day if I'm if I'm putting money down. I just see the Chiefs going after a wide receiver. Even though I think they could find talented wide receivers later in the draft, I have a feeling Brett Veach would just fall in love with a guy like Xavier Worthy or maybe even the other Texas wide receiver, Mitchell. So I could see the Chiefs definitely going after one of the Longhorn wide receivers and bringing them to Kansas City, specifically Xavier Worthy, and then trying to go after uh, an offensive tackle, specifically a left tackle, in the second round. And again, you guys know my pick on that one. That would be Patrick Paul. Yeah, Matt worthy. Uh, worthy is a little shorter. I agree. Um, but isn't, I mean, does that matter for, for Kansas city though? Cause they've been able to thrive with smaller guys uh, on the same. Obviously Tyreek Hill is like the, um, is like the uh, poster child for that during uh, his, his time here in Kansas City. Um, Kyle's asking, could the Chiefs go crazy even and trade up for Marvin Harrison Jr.? Okay, if this is going to happen, realistically speaking, you would need to tag Chris Jones and trade him, and you would probably need to sweeten the deal a little bit and throw in a few draft picks if you want to get the number one or two um, the number one or two uh, pick in the draft. I mean, listen, number one, I mean, what's Chicago going to do? And I, I was going to talk about this, but I guess I'll get into it now um, because Justin Fields wants to stay in Chicago. He wants to be the starting quarterback for the Bears. Uh, unfortunately, the Bears just don't do a good job of getting their quarterback any help. This was an issue when Matt Nagy was the head coach of the Bears. Like, I don't think Matt Nagy was, you know, listen, he won coach of the year at one point. He made Mitchell Trubisky look good. He made him look like a pro bowler. Literally was in the pro bowl. Um, But the problem was Matt Nagy got no help from the front office in Chicago. So I think that's an issue with Justin Fields. And listen, I love his loyalty and I think that's awesome. But man, do what's best for you. Get the hell out of Chicago because Caleb Williams, I think, could be a great quarterback for the Bears, but not unless they don't get him help. And that's been an issue in Chicago is they rely way too much on the head coach and the quarterback and they just expect them to do everything. And that's not how it works. People always say, oh, well, Patrick Mahomes is only good because he had Tyreek Hill and has Travis Kelsey and has Andy Reid as a coach. Yeah, that's called building a football team, something Chicago sucks at. So that is part of succeeding and going to six straight AFC title games, part of going to four Super Bowls, part of going back to back and being in position to three-peat first time ever in NFL history. 
Uh, Quentin's asking wide receiver in the first round or no. Yeah, I mean, I think you would have to. It's either a wide receiver or an offensive tackle. And the guy I like in the first round would be Xavier Worthy. Xavier Worthy is not a guy that a lot of people would take with the... Th By the way, PFF, I told you guys earlier, um, they uh, you can do the simulator on there, and they'll actually grade your draft picks. And whenever I, um, whenever I pick Xavier Worthy, I either get like a C or a D. So it's not an ideal pick at 32. But then again, it's like, when are the Chiefs going to pick again? Because it's not like... 2022 where they had a shit ton of draft picks and had all that versatility in the world, all that flexibility to do whatever they wanted to do in the draft. Obviously they got guys like uh, George Karloftis, Trent McDuffie, um, Brian cook, uh, sky Moore. I mean, so many guys, Leo Chanel, a lot of great players um, with their first six picks of the draft. So I'm not exactly sure. Ultimately, um, you know, what's going to happen trade-wise. But again, if you're not going to be available again um, until 64, well, then at 32, you might have to consider a guy like Xavier Worthy. Again, I think it's easier to find wide receivers outside of the first round because it's not easy to find starting talent um, at the left tackle position Outside of the first round, maybe in the second round, you could find someone you never know. And listen, obviously the Chiefs found Trey Smith in the sixth round. We all know in a redo mock draft situation, Trey Smith is a first round pick, 1000%. Um, but I just think, you know, if you want to, if you want to just be accurate here and make sure you're, um, you're getting the best bang for your buck in this draft, so to say, um, I'd like to see the Chiefs try to get an offensive tackle in the first round, but I don't know if they will. I could see them going wide receiver. I could see them going after one of those Texas wide receivers there, Mitchell or Worthy. And by the way, I know Mitchell's stats aren't as flashy uh, as Worthy, but you got to keep in mind, they're sharing a field together, which is why, I mean, if it was just, if Mitchell was not on Texas' team, Worthy might have been a top five wide receiver statistically in college football last season. And not just that, Worthy has a lot of experience. And this is why I'm picking Worthy over Mitchell is because Worthy has lots of experience playing that wide receiver position. So probably someone that would not drop the ball as much as Mitchell would. Not saying Mitchell is going to be a terrible receiver, but doesn't have as many snaps as Worthy does. That's why I'm going with um, with Worthy over Mitchell or any wide receiver for that matter by the, by the time the Chiefs pick uh, 32nd overall at the end of the first round. Now, uh, for my third round pick, we haven't even talked about the third round yet. Uh, so I'm assuming that wide receiver and offensive tackle are going to be the first two picks. I think you got to prepare for life after Chris Jones because outside of Chris Jones, Derek Nottie, Tashawn Wharton, I mean, who are you really going to rely on uh, for that middle uh, uh, middle of the defensive line? You don't really have a lot of viable options. So maybe you try to find someone in the draft. A guy like Dwayne Carter from Duke. He had two sacks and 18 hurries last season. He had eight sacks and 39 hurries the year before. So has had some success pressuring uh, from the middle. Uh, from Miami, Leonard Taylor III, one sack and 17 hurries last year, four sacks and 15 hurries in 2022. Texas A&M's McKinley Jackson, he had four sacks and eight hurries in 2023. And then Christian Boyd from UNI, every time I think of UNI, man, Northern uh, uh, Northern Iowa. Um, yeah, uh, as a Jayhawk, 
that that brings back some uh, some nightmares. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Christian Boyd, he had three sacks and 28 hurries, which is pretty damn good uh, for a guy who's supposedly going to be available in the third round. So that's um that's my mock draft right there. So the three guys with my first three picks, wide receiver, Xavier Worthy from Texas, number two, the second round pick from Houston, Patrick Paul, and then... Uh, with your third round pick, um, I think uh, Christian Boyd from you and I, I know that's not a big name school, so not as sexy of a pick, but um, that's kind of why these guys fall later in the draft um, and could be a nice little diamond in the, in the rough there and maybe um, a solid replacement for Chris Jones. Not the right replacement for Chris. You're not going to replace Chris Jones. I'm just telling you right now, unless you get lucky, like, you know, Kansas City had Tony Gonzalez for however many years, right? 11 years, I think it was. Well, who did they... Um, I mean, they didn't replace him right away, but four or five years later, who did the Chiefs draft? Travis Kelsey. Now, at the time, we had no idea Travis Kelsey, what he was going to turn into, but as his career went on, we're like, holy shit. We never thought we'd see Tony Gonzalez ever again in Kansas City, and we got someone who a lot of people think is even better, the best tight end in NFL history. In fact, um, there's a stat out there. Gronk and Kelsey have both played the same amount of postseason games in their careers. And Kelsey has far better numbers than Gronk. So something to uh, to keep in mind there. Um, anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, the, the point I'm trying to make here is with the third round, if you're going to go after a defensive tackle, this is not going to be the Chris Jones replacement. You just cannot replace Chris Jones. If you get somehow lucky... Little shit, man. Good on you. I will say this. The Chiefs have been very lucky in the third round. Yes, I mean, look, you got to be good with scouting and all that stuff, so it's not just luck. But there is also some luck involved where, you know, the other teams don't scout as well, and they let all these good guys slide. I mean, look at the third round in recent memory for the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, I already mentioned. Jamal Charles. Kareem Hunt. Um... Justin Houston, and I know there are different regimes involved with all of those, but still, man, the Chiefs, for whatever reason, have had a lot of success finding guys in the third round. So I trust that um, that the Chiefs will find a, uh, a good player in the third round, and if it's a defensive tackle, I think they'll find a good guy, someone who could contribute and, and play some snaps. Maybe not, might not, not start every single game. Maybe doesn't start even half the games, but someone that could get uh, involved in Kansas City's defensive rotation uh, on that defensive line for sure. Uh, and then outside of that, um, I'm not going to go over names here, but who could the Chiefs go after? Okay, because after that, and I hate to use this word, but it is kind of true. After the second, maybe third round, the rest of the NFL draft is essentially a crapshoot. And you're basically doing what you can to find uh, players who can provide depth on your roster. So, for instance, I think uh, the running back position is maybe an area where the Chiefs might look for some depth. I think maybe the Chiefs will find, by the way, I'd be willing to bet right now, I think the Chiefs will draft two wide receivers in this draft. At least two wide receivers. Um, the cornerback position, I love Kansas City's cornerbacks, especially if they bring back Legereus Sneed. 
I don't know if you really need to go after a cornerback because you have Snead, you have McDuffie, you have Jalen Watson, Josh Williams, Nazee Johnson is still part of the fold. And this is a guy that Spags was praising early in training camp. Apparently, Nazee Johnson was listed as a starting quarterback before his injury um, early in training camp. So I'd really like to see Nazee Johnson get another opportunity with the Chiefs. Hopefully he can stay healthy and make the most of his opportunity. The good news is because you got not that there's ever a good time to get hurt. But I guess for the sake of the 2024 season, he got hurt early in training camp. So he has had essentially half a year to recover. And by the time training camp starts again, it'll be a year. So he'll be fully recovered by then, which is um, which is going to be a good thing. So I don't know if the Chiefs are going to go after a cornerback in this draft. I kind of hope not unless it's with a seventh round pick. Uh, but. I think uh, the Chiefs should certainly go after a safety in the draft, maybe just an insurance policy in case uh, Brian Cook is not playing as well coming back from his uh, lower body injury that he suffered. I think it was in Green Bay, if I recall correctly. Uh, linebacker, you know, that's going to be a very important position for the Chiefs this offseason because if you use Willie Gay and or Drew Tranquil, um, yeah, you're going to have to uh, definitely uh, look for some uh, some guys, unless you trust a guy like Jack Cochran to come back. If you think he could be someone that could fill in and do uh, just as well, which I don't know. No offense to Jack Cochran, but I'd just rather have Drew Tranquil back. Um, offensive line, listen, when you have the franchise quarterback that you have, there is no such thing as having too many offensive linemen, so I would not be opposed if the Chiefs tried to draft a guard or a tackle in the later rounds just to provide some depth there. Maybe guys who could uh, learn from this great interior offensive line that the Chiefs have certainly would not hurt at all. Um, I don't know if the Chiefs would draft a quarterback in, in the later rounds. See, here's my thing. If you have the best quarterback in the NFL, would you draft a quarterback even as a backup? Man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it'd be better to go after a veteran because the Chiefs, they went after Chad Henney. They are they were trying to get Chad Henney for a long time, actually, and they eventually got him. Uh, Matt Moore was another guy the Chiefs had been targeting. They brought him as well, and uh, he did well filling in a couple of games for, uh, for Patrick Mahomes. Chad Henney delivered in the postseason twice filling in for Patrick Mahomes. Um, and then um, you look at what the Chiefs have, have had, and uh, a former Mizzou QB and Blaine Gabbert um, did well in that Week 18 game for considering that he had all backups playing with him. And then, um, you know, just the guy that people rallied around because he's a veteran. He's been around a long time. Um, so I'm sure he's definitely helped Patrick Mahomes uh, kind of the way Chad Henney had helped Patrick Mahomes. So I, I don't know if the Chiefs would draft a quarterback in the late rounds, even if it's a backup. I mean, you would rather... I'd rather spend that on a on, a, on another wide receiver just to see if you can find um, someone that's just underrated that could maybe be a surprise to all of us in the draft. So, yeah, this is going to be a very interesting offseason here because what is the goal here? Okay, you always want to make sure you can help your franchise quarterback, but the priorities may change a little bit. The Chiefs defense was fucking awesome this year. So you want to do everything in your power to keep Legereus needing Chris Jones. And if you can only keep one of them, it's probably better to keep Sneed because Jones is going to be, I mean, that guy's going to be a salary cap nightmare. I love Chris Jones. I do. I mean, nobody wants to see Chris Jones leave more than me. 
but the salary cap is a thing, man. It just is. And I know what Chris Jones said in the parade and all that. His agent, actually, who is not the most popular guy in Kansas City, uh, Michael Katz, um, he actually tweeted, and I, and I missed this because after the events of uh, the parade and whatnot, it kind of just got lost in, into, into the aftermath and all that. But I later saw the tweet where Michael Katz tweeted something to the effect of how, you know, you shouldn't be drinking during a parade. Because Chris Jones obviously made a lot of comments saying that he's going to come back next year and the year after that and the year after that and wanting to three-peat. Um, listen, man, I mean, agents, they, they can uh, ruin the game sometimes. They can ruin the game sometimes. Yeah, Christopher's right. Sneed also wants a payday, but it's easier to um, it's easier to pay Legereus Sneed than it is Chris Jones uh, at the end of the day. So we'll see, man. We'll see what the Chiefs want to do there. It's, it, I, I've said this so many times, and I'll say it again. This is going to be the most difficult offseason for Brett Veach. I think a lot of people thought that two years ago, once the Chiefs traded away Tyree Kelpie, people were like, oh, my God, this, this Chiefs team is ruined. They're, they're doomed. What's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. They won the Super Bowl. Shit. Who knew? Um, but but uh, n- neither here nor there. The thing I'm trying to point out here is you've got – an open spot at left tackle, very important position for the quarterback. And then for the quarterback, you know, you had a lot of drops last year. You led the NFL in drops. So how do you try to nullify that in 2024? Maybe you find uh, a veteran or two, and maybe it's not even one of those wide receivers I mentioned earlier, one of those veterans, uh, top 10 wide receivers. Maybe you go after a, a mid-tier guy. Maybe you go after Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think would cost you much. And maybe that's not a guy who plays as much either. I mean, keep in mind, he didn't put up big numbers in Baltimore. Now, it could be because of the system Baltimore runs. They have a running quarterback in Lamar Jackson. So maybe if Odell Beckham Jr. played in Kansas City, he probably would have had 1,000 receiving yards. Because if I remember correctly, what did he have? Like 800-some yards? Yeah, see, David's mentioning Mike Evans. A lot of people have been mentioning Mike Evans tonight throughout the chat. My, like... If the salary cap did not exist, my number one guy would be Mike Evans, proven guy, a veteran, has been doing it a very long time, and you could rely on him. You could trust the guy. But I I, I think he could be, be looking for one more big payday. And if, if Baker Mayfield comes back, I could see Mike Evans wanting to return to Tampa Bay uh, to try to get things going one last time. So... Oh, by the way, Robert brings up a really good name here. And I mentioned this on Facebook earlier in the week, Tyler Lockett. Um, Obviously, a lot of people probably fans of Tyler Lockett because he went to Kansas State. But Tyler Lockett looks to be a potential cap casualty for the Seattle Seahawks this year. Tyler Lockett, man, he he possesses great speed. He, He at one point was one of the better return specialists in the NFL. So if this is a guy who's going to become a cap casualty, that probably means that he's going to have to take less money elsewhere. And by doing that, you come to Kansas City um, and you, you thrive in this system. Tyler Lockett will have no issues in this system. And I think you could get him on a fairly good deal. I mean, what, seven, eight million dollars? On a one-year deal, I think that's doable. This guy could essentially be like a Sammy Watkins type of player. Now, again, what do the Chiefs do? If the Chiefs do get Tyler Lockett, and if they have Rushy Rice already, 
I could see the Chiefs avoiding wide receiver with the first round pick and maybe going to an offensive tackle. Uh, who were the first round offensive tackles I mentioned? I mentioned Fontano, uh, Jordan Morgan, Kingsley Sotomaya. Um, I know I butchered that last name there. Um, they could go after one of those guys instead. I really like Patrick Paul, though, because of his experience, and I'm kind of surprised he's projected to go late second round, early third round. I, I, I think he could be a better guy than that, but we'll see. Uh, Joshua says, isn't Marvin Harrison Jr. in the draft this year? Yes, and the only way you would get him is if you tag Chris Jones and trade him. And not just trading him, you would have to include some draft picks if you really want the second or third pick where uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. might get selected. So, yeah. Uh, Chris says Lockett looked washed. He's on the wrong side of 30. Lockett uh, of a few years ago would have been awesome on this team. See, this is my thing, though, Chris. I think, and, and I've said this so many times over the years about Andy Reid, I think Andy Reid does a great job of bringing out the best in a lot of players. Has it worked every single time? No. Um, LaShawn McCoy didn't work out. Le Le'Veon Bell didn't work out. But in general, though, he's done a very good job of trying to bring Like, look at Sammy Watkins. A lot of people not, were not excited about Sammy. I was thrilled when the Chiefs got Sammy Watkins. And listen, maybe I'm maybe I didn't read the right comments at the time, but I knew that if Sammy Watkins was not the number one target, it would be great for Kansas City's offense because that would mean that, you know, when you're not taking as many targets when you're not getting targeted as much as I should say um less chance of injury right now unfortunately Watkins dealt with injuries during his time with the Chiefs but was still able to do a lot during his time um if you have Rashi Rice and Tyler Lockett I I love that man that's a that's a nice uh that's a nice little starting duo for a wide receiver there because I think Tyler Lockett could maybe resurrect his career a little bit in Kansas City. I would still want the Chiefs to draft someone early because, you know, and to your point, Chris, because of your criticism of, of Lockett. Yeah, you, you know, you never know. Maybe he is on the decline and you want to have an insurance policy just in case. Well, maybe uh, maybe that's where uh, you go ahead and draft one of those Texas wide receivers, either Mitchell or Worthy. So. Uh, I don't know if you want his three-year $90 million, but sounds like Brandon Ayuk may be done with the 49ers. Yeah, I, I, was it, wasn't it? was it his family that was posting shit on Instagram during the Super Bowl? And they're like, hey, remember who got you here? Or, or maybe I'm confusing him for somebody else. I did see that. Um, yeah, again, Brandon Ayuk would be awesome in Kansas City's offense. He, he would be nice. Um, it's funny because... 11, 10 months ago, we thought, hey, could the Chiefs maybe get Debo Samuel from the 49ers? And now here's the other 49ers receiver who had a big season, and that's who they uh, who could who they could potentially go after. Uh, here's what I'm really curious to see, because defensively, if by some miracle you if Brett Veach finds a way to keep both Legereus Need and Chris Jones. Holy shit. That is huge. Um, if the Chiefs can find... By the way, if you do re-sign both Chris Jones and Legereus Need, I don't think you can really find a lot of top-tier 
players for the rest of free agency because those guys are going to cost a lot. You would need to restructure some guys, though. Mahomes, Jawan Taylor, uh, MVS. Uh, maybe MVS gets cut. Who knows? Um, Joe Tooney could be a candidate for a restructure. I sh- Listen, for I want to say close to a year now, people have been saying Joe Tooney could be a 2024 cap cut. I sure as hell hope not, man. That guy has been playing so damn good, and I know he didn't finish the season. I know he didn't play in the Super Bowl, but that should not. I mean, he people thought he at least had a chance. Maybe slim, but had a chance. I don't want Joe Tooney gone. I don't want Joe Tooney outside of Kansas City. You have the best interior offensive line. You have the best center in the NFL. You have the best left guard and the best right guard. Don't, I mean, you need to protect your franchise quarterback. Um, But anyway, the thing I'm trying to say here is if the Chiefs can retain Jones and Snead, and if they can get a second tier wide receiver somewhere, like a KJ Osborne, then I think you're set to try to find a left tackle, a wide receiver, and a linebacker. Maybe not in that exact order in the draft. Because if you do that, I think you could find a way to get back to a 2018 offense. If the Chiefs can find a way, and this is much easier said than done, but if the Chiefs can find a way to have last year's defense and the 2018 offense, you could be talking a historic three-peat. A team that has a chance to go undefeated. Now, going undefeated is very, very, very difficult. It's not easy to do. Um, So I'll never predict that. But man, the Chiefs could come pretty damn close to it. The Chiefs almost went undefeated in 2020. Okay, they lost one game to the Raiders and then the week 17 game, they rested all their starters. So the Chiefs were pretty damn close to going undefeated that year. In the regular season, of course. Um, So I'm really curious to see what the Chiefs do this offseason, because if you can keep Chris Jones and Snead, boy, um, that's going to bode well for your defense. All you've got to do is hit big on some of your draft picks, specifically with offensive players. Get Mahomes a left tackle. Get him a couple of receivers. Rashi Rice, uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to improve on his fumbles and whatnot. And if you can find a second-tier receiver who can help you in third-down situations, boy, I just I, I just get excited thinking about this team in 2024. I really do. It's so, okay, by the way, a couple of you guys are mentioning that Joe Tooney could play left tackle. I, I don't disagree. Yeah, Joe Tooney could do that. I'm just not a fan of moving guys around on offensive line, on the offensive line. I'm, I'm just not. Keep guys where they're at, where they're already thriving. Um, Because I think you could find uh, someone, you know, like a second tier left tackle in free agency or maybe somebody in the first two rounds of the draft and keep Tony where he is because a lot of people think he's the best interior offensive lineman in the NFL right now. There was like an anonymous um, survey uh, for coaches, general managers and scouts. And if I recall correctly, they, they said Tony is like the first or second best interior offensive lineman in the NFL. I, I just don't want to move him outside 
if he's that if he's if he's really viewed as that damn good of an interior offensive lineman. So that is the Chiefs free agency and draft preview. Obviously, we covered a lot in more than an hour here. So feel free to let me know your thoughts, whether it's on uh, the comment section of this video on Facebook and YouTube or um, just in any of the comments on uh, on Facebook or on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts on all of that. Okay, a couple of things I want to hit on before I get out of here. Charles Ominihu, obviously, he... Um, he did not finish the season due to a torn ACL. He announced on his Instagram that he had successful ACL surgery this week. So very good to hear on that, man. I, I hope he plays this year. I really do because suffering an injury, an ACL injury that late in late January, how is that going to impact his rehab? How is that going to impact his recovery? Cause I don't think he's going to be ready in week one. He's going to start the season on IR. I think, um, I remember Adrian Peterson, suffered a torn ACL very late in the season, and he was ready to go the following year. That's a very, very, very rare situation. So realistically, I think Charles Ominihu starts a season on IR, and man, this guy played so damn well. You know, missed the first six games due to suspension, and the, the what, what was it? Seven sacks in 12 games? 11 games? That's good. I like that. That's pretty damn good. And obviously, he had that forced fumble on Lamar Jackson, too contributing to one of the three turnovers that uh, Baltimore committed in that football game. Uh, I already talked about uh, the whole Justin Fields situation, so I'm not going to get into that. Uh, but I do want to talk about this Eagle story involving Nick Sirianni. So Derek Gunn of Jacob Sports, which I'm familiar with because I've been on their podcast a couple of times. Uh, they do some good work there. Um they cover Philly sports in general. Nick Sirianni reportedly lost his mojo ever since Big Big Don, I think is his name. Big Don got suspended. Big Don is that security guard who got involved in some sort of physical altercation with a 49ers player. You guys remember that? That's secure that that's a security guard. So apparently Nick Sirianni lost his mojo ever since that guy was suspended from being on the sidelines uh, on game days because according to Derek Gunn. Uh, big Dom, I said Big Don. I meant Big Dom. Um, he controls Sirianni's emotions uh, on the sidelines. And in his absence, Nick gets in numerous arguments with players and coaches during games, according to Derek Gunn. Derek Gunn also mentioned that Jalen Hurts, his massive contract that he signed in the offseason... Uh, pulled in numerous directions on and off the field and put him under a lot of pressure and he didn't handle it well. You know, when you hear something like this, you really do tend to appreciate a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who obviously signed the biggest contract um, a few years ago. And then he just, they redid his deal and made him uh, the highest paid quarterback again ahead of Joe Burrow. And Patrick Mahomes has done nothing but great things since signing that deal. Now, listen. I think every quarterback, including Patrick Mahomes, is overpaid. They're making way too damn much to the point where the second highest paid player on the team is not even close to the number one guy. Now, I guess in Kansas City's case with Patrick Mahomes, 
yeah, I guess it, it doesn't hurt as much when you're overpaid because you've won three Super Bowls in the span of five years. You have had the best five-year stretch in NFL history, statistically speaking, in terms of total wins. So you don't really tend to feel the whole overpaid part. But listen, man, the Chiefs have a lot of work to do this offseason, and they got to redo some of these deals with Mahomes, MVS, Taylor, maybe even Tooney, if they want to try to uh, maybe even Justin Reed as well. Um, he's got a big cap it as well. And if they can maybe work on that, um, damn, I mean, they can do a lot this off season. <laughs> they can do a lot for sure. Um, listen, Chris Jones and Sneed, you know, if they really want a three Pete, they would need to play their part as well. And, you know, demanding a little less, you know, what would be a quite a story is if all of these guys either took less money to re-sign like Snead and Jones, and then the guys like MVS, um, Joan Taylor, uh, Joe Tooney, they all like redid their deals and took less money also. And then what does Patrick Mahomes do? He gets all of them a State Farm commercial so they can all get paid through there. Wouldn't that be quite the story? I mean, come on. Like, like if you're Patrick Mahomes, y y you try to help out in this situation, right? You've got to. But... Those are pipe dreams right there. That That is not going to happen. Not one bit. Um, but yeah, this whole situation in uh, in Philadelphia, boy, did they go on a downward spiral or what to end the season? Because the Chiefs, they were struggling immensely. But they eventually figured it out. They flipped the switch, as we all talked about, and they started winning games. The Eagles, boy, they ran into a brick wall and they collapsed to end the season kind of reminds me of the Patriots in 2021 where they looked really good they were sitting pretty atop the AFC remember that Mac Jones rookie year and then what happens they came crashing down in the months of December and January they got manhandled by the Bills not good at all not good. Uh, listen, to end the podcast, I do want to react to um, some of the stories that have come out from the parade tragedy. Um, there's a really nice story that's come out here. So um, Lisa Lopez Galvin, who was shot and killed, unfortunately, at the parade, um, she was wearing a Harrison Butker jersey. And the family had requested a new Harrison Butker jersey. I mean, obviously, that one's probably all messy in ways we don't even want to describe. Um, so they wanted to request a new Harrison Butker jersey um, to be with her. Harrison Butker had delivered the jersey to the funeral home. And he put out a statement um, about this. So it's confirmed that this is from him and that he had done this, which is awesome. Listen, Harrison Butker had a phenomenal season, didn't miss an extra point, only missed two field goals. One of them was supposedly deflated against uh, New England. Um, and in this postseason, did not miss a single field goal. In fact, the kicker for the 49ers in this year's Super Bowl broke the record for longest field goal in Super Bowl history. And 30 minutes later in the same game, Harrison Butker breaks that record. But nothing bigger then what Harrison Bucker is doing now is delivering a jersey to the funeral home where Lisa Lopez Galvin's funeral will be held. Um, that way, that jersey that she was wearing in her last moments in this world uh, be with her. And that's awesome. Um, 
you know, for Butker to do that, that's awesome. You know, I know in tragedies when when shit like this happens, uh, nothing good, obviously, in the moment. But, you know, it's always the aftermath where you hear some of the stories. And I've already gone over them, so I won't really spend too much time going over them. You really do see the good side of humanity. And that is um, that is good to see. I do, uh, you know, want to touch on this parade tragedy for a moment here. The suspects uh, have been mentioned. Um, charges have been made. There's a bond. Um, and I don't want to get into that too much. I don't want to give these guys any of the fame that they're already getting. Um, but some reports are coming out. One of them had a gun drawn at a church. The other one had actually stolen the gun. Or maybe it's the same person. I apologize. Um, but there was a stolen gun used at the parade shooting. And one had drawn a gun previously at a church and was on probation for a bit and was let go from probation not too long ago. So obviously the justice system has failed us, which is not good. Uh, and listen, I'm not going to have a gun debate on here because that's not going to do any good. We've been doing gun debates for a long time, and all that's done is just create arguments and create a divide. And that's not what we need. We need to find solutions. We need to find answers. Um, if I had that, I, I, I'd be I'd be doing uh, what needs to be done. But not even our leaders, our, our, our elected leaders, have the uh, answers to this thing, which is unfortunate. But I do want to say some things about this parade shooting here because obviously 99, and listen, maybe I'm giving the 1% more attention than I should be, but fuck it, I am. 99% um, of the world has obviously, you know, stood behind Kansas City and all of this. But there have been some people who've written some shitty things like, you know, someone said, oh man, I wish the gunman targeted Patrick Mahomes instead. That's nice. What a guy. What a what a brave person to say such thing. Um, so the the this was obviously on the same day as Valentine's Day. So the players had rented out a restaurant privately. That way, you know, they're not bothered by the public. So they could go out with their wives and girlfriends for Valentine's Day. And I guess a picture was snapped and was leaked online. And people are, oh my God, how dare the Chiefs go out on Valentine's Day on the uh, after the shooting? What do you want them to do? Lock themselves in their houses and never go out ever again? I mean, a lot of them have been donating. They've created merchandise to sell to help benefit, um, to help raise money uh, for the funeral homes, for injuries, for the hospitals, everyone involved, first responders. Um, Patrick Mahomes and his wife went and visited kids at Children's Mercy Hospital, which, by the way, great news, and this deserves air horns. Um, all the child, all the kids the 11 children who were shot at Children's Mercy Hospital made a full recovery. That is awesome. That is 100% awesome. And I'm glad to hear that. Um, but then, you know, these players who are like, oh, why didn't Taylor Swift or why didn't these players donate more money? How much money have you donated? I hear this shit all the time. Whenever, you know, there's a, a, a terrible tornado or a bad hurricane, whatever, whenever something happens, um, you know, you have people who step up and donate money and whatnot. And then you have some clowns out there who want to have a discussion. Why didn't this person donate more money? They have the money. Why didn't they donate it? What's your contribution to society? What have you done to help out? 
I mean, last I checked, these people, really rich people, they're still donating six figures. That's more than I can contribute. And listen, even if you can contribute that kind of money, doing that kind of thing is still shitty, man. I don't get it. I just don't get people who want to compare who who donated more money and whatnot. Like, who cares? They're donating. They're helping out. So you have all these people that are saying crazy things on the internet. Um, speaking of saying crazy things on the internet, Kansas City Police, by the way, responded to this tweet. Um, somebody two days before the parade put out a tweet making a joke. I assume they were making a joke saying they might be planning a terrorist attack on the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. How fucking stupid do you have to be in 2024 to make that joke on the internet? Seriously, how dumb do you have to be? Have you been living under a rock? Okay, who was like one of the very first athletes to lose their job because of their behavior on Twitter? I think it was Larry Johnson. And over the years, we have seen athletes lose their job because of things they've said on the internet. There are people out there who've lost their jobs because of comments they've made on the internet. Um, now, there's a um, there's several Chiefs fans. They actually retweeted that exact tweet I just read you, and they tagged Kansas City Police. And Kansas City Police responded to, all of the reactions, and they said, we are looking into it. So congratulations to the person who made a joke about wanting to cause chaos at a Super Bowl parade. You now, I mean, I don't know if the investigation is complete, but you have the police investigating you because you made a really stupid joke on the internet, hoping to go viral and get likes and have people laugh along with you. Instead, it turned into you being investigated. Listen, I don't like to tell people what to do with their lives or specific. I, I don't think, you know, I'm not a parent, but I know there's this non-written rule. Whereas, you know, you don't tell other people how to parent, but I'm going to break that rule here. If you are a parent, please teach your kid what to do and not do on social media, please. I mean, there are so many kids out there that think that they could be writing something funny when in reality they don't realize this could seriously change their life in a really terrible manner if they follow along with this joke that they tweet. It's really ridiculous. And listen, I think a lot of us grown-ass adults here in our 30, 30s and 40s, we have seen enough headlines to know that you should not say certain things on the internet because it can seriously cost you your job. And might seriously have negative impacts on you afterwards. But uh, someone in their early 20s or someone in high school or middle. And listen, I think elementary kids now are on social media. I mean, who knows? If you are a parent, please, for the love of God, tell your kids to not write stupid shit like that on the Internet. Somebody did. And they have the police investigating them. Listen, it's one thing you want to make a joke. But you want to make a joke about terrorism? You're an idiot. And listen, this guy probably has a few followers. But 
I don't know, man. You know, as soon as the shooting happened, there are some people who have a lot of time on their hands that go on the internet and they search and see if people, they search for certain keywords on Twitter to or X, whatever you want to call it, to see, you know, if anyone said anything before the parade. And that guy, yeah, he, um, he did so. Joshua says, are we a dictatorship where we need snipers on roofs uh, during a parade, during parades? Um, listen, man, I don't have any issues with having um, security on roofs. I, not at all. I, In fact, I prefer that. Um, when you have a massive gathering, you kind of need that kind of thing. Don't, I mean, don't you agree? Listen, I've always said for school shootings, they need to have metal detectors at every door possible. And somebody online responded to me, excuse me. Somebody responded to me online and said, I don't want my kid going into a war zone. Having metal detectors does not make a school a war zone. It it's called increasing security. Um, I mean, listen, uh, when you have a gathering that big, yeah, you're going to need security in so many areas on the ground up high. I remember when I was a student at KU, Obama uh, was the president at the time and he was scheduled. And listen, I don't care what your opinion is on Obama, good or bad. Um, uh, no, I, I don't think you were being disrespectful. Uh, I, I'm just, you know, trying to answer the question. Um, I don't think you were being disrespectful at all. I, I get your point. Joshua, like, why do we have to live in a world where we need these kinds of things? You know, listen, in a perfect world, nobody would be committing crimes. Nobody would be hurting anyone. And we would not need law enforcement at the end of the day. But unfortunately, we are in a world where those things exist and we need them. Um, but uh, where was it going with this? Oh, yeah, Obama. So he was scheduled to talk um, at, at KU. And unfortunately, the Boston bombings happened. And Obama canceled his visit to KU. Uh, about two years later, was it two years later? Yeah, 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 yeah. Two years later, Obama, it, it, it happened just right after I graduate. Because I would have loved to see, listen, again, regardless of your opinion, um, would love to see the president of the United States in person. Uh, Obama did end up coming to KU two years later. And from the stories I got, there were a lot of security on roofs of buildings on campuses. And I've heard it was kind of difficult for students to get around in certain places there. So, um, you know, for, for a big event like a gathering or when you have the president of the United States who, you know, might be well loved by a lot of people and might be very well hated by a lot of people, you got to have that kind of security. Uh, but, but listen, I said this last week, like, how do we, prevent these kinds of things from happening. Do we have police officers at the corner of every intersection at every parking garage, which is supposedly where the shooting started, you know, in the corner of every building, you don't have the resources for that. You just don't, you try to have security. Like for, for instance, if there's a chief's game at Arrowhead, you're expecting 70,000 people there. Well, obviously you're going to have a lot more security there because you're expecting a lot of people there. Um, Power and light. That's a very popular place for people to go to on a Friday night. Surely you'll have a lot of security there. And if there's a concert happening, 
at T-Mobile Center, yeah, you're going to have even more security in that area uh, for obvious reasons because they're going to be 10, 15, 20,000 people in that section alone at T-Mobile Center and PNL. Um, but you just can't have extra security everywhere in this world. You you just you just don't have that. Again, I don't have the answers, man. I, I just don't. Um, and hopefully, you know, at some point we can find solutions because these things do keep adding up. And unfortunately, as we've heard so many times already, the Chiefs Super Bowl parade is a statistic now for gun violence. And that just hurts my heart, man. Um, the fact that it was this city and it was my favorite team's Super Bowl parade, man, a time of celebration of all times. Uh, but by the way, I, I forgot to mention this, and this needs to be brought up here. The the man who was falsely, so he was detained. And I guess after some investigating, the police let him go. Boy, I mean, there are a lot of people who dragged this guy falsely labeling him as the shooter. And he did not commit a crime. Uh, apparently, he was arrested because he was drunk. Well, shit. Uh, all the players were drunk. A bunch of people who were there were wasted. Why was this guy detained? L listen, I don't want to be questioning first response uh, police officers. I mean, they already have a difficult job. Um, but there are so many things about all this that's not adding up. Like, why did this shooting happen? What caused this argument? What caused this disagreement? And why was it that so many kids were shot in there? And why was this man arrested when he did nothing wrong? And by the way, you have a state senator that is attacking this guy and bringing up illegal immigration. Like, has nothing to do with this. Makes absolutely no sense. It's crazy in this world how people are so quick to judge and jump to conclusions and little do they know, they have the facts all wrong. Let's be better about this kind of thing, man. All right, this has been going on for more than an hour and a half. We covered a lot of ground here, specifically with free agency and the draft. A lot of things uh, to go over here. If you miss any part of the live podcast, the YouTube and Facebook versions will be archived right away. The podcast version will be uploaded later tonight. Appreciate everyone who joined me for this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. My name is Farzine Vesugian. I will talk to you all later. Take care.